Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's your host, Rob, with my buddy, Jason. What up? Welcome to It's a Vague World. What's up? What's up? What's up? How's it going, buddy? How are you? I'm good, dude. Uh, I'm kind of wanting to tell you about something that I've recently discovered that I think you're going to be into. Oh, uh, yeah. well, let's hear it. So check it out. I've been watching this YouTube channel. All right. right. Okay. A guy, a guy told me about. It's called Soft White Underbelly. Have you ever heard of that? I have. What? What do you think? Uh, I've only seen a little bit of it, but it is. It seems very gritty, and I really dig gritty like content in general, like that. Like the gist of it, I get is like a guy interviewing. I don't know, I guess drug addicts and prostitutes and I mean Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he interviews tons of different people. Uh everything from drug addicts to uh I watched one that was a, a war veteran telling his story. I watched one that was like an ex executioner slash warden at an Alabama prison for like eighteen oh. years. Nice. Uh telling his thing. Um mafia hitmen um all oh. kinds of stuff dude yeah there's tons of stuff and i know you're you're an interested person when it comes to things like that so i was like Bro, yeah i wonder if rob I, has heard about this i have for sure I, for sure going to look more into it um it it i just like the gritty name it's like all uh, all of them are in like black and white right all the little videos or whatever no 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 like so the videos are in color um but he takes like a uh like a snapshot of them like a picture in oh, black okay. and white um i don't really know why he does it like that i mean dude it's it's very they're they're very well done photos um yeah but it's almost like he just like does that to capture the moment you know but the I actual video is in color uh, oh, okay. I, dude i watched have you ever heard of the whitaker family uh I want to say, isn't it like, aren't they from like, isn't this like a West Virginia kind of like an inbred kind of thing? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And he has like a whole like uh, section, right? Like a playlist or whatever, just yeah. on them. Like he takes them to Walmart and like two of these guys had never been to Walmart. Damn. So they like see a, a huge pile of like watermelons and they're just like stunned. Like they're afraid to grab one. Yeah, it's dude, super interesting. I would strongly suggest you checking that out. If a little more if you haven't. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'll put a link to it. Right, right. I'll put a link to it in uh, this episode. That way, our listeners can find it too. I love stuff like that, man. I like like a peel back of the curtain. Like I feel like on a little small tangent here that uh, I think to get to the bottom of how to make the world a better place how do we cultivate better people from babies you know what i mean what do we do there i think all that kind of connects to that shit on a yeah, well, way out there playing thing yeah. you sound like a mad scientist like how cultivate. do we cultivate better well i mean like babies? just just like there is a recipe to make a great delicious juicy steak there is a recipe to you know, there are things that you can do along the way of making a person or raising a person to guide them in the direction of being pretty dope. Yeah, individual. no, 
You're right. You're right. Good parenting, man. Speaking of steaks. Yeah, yeah. I heard you say something about a juicy steak. You got my yeah. mouth watering over here. Right, right. So I think today we're going to be talking about maybe some grilling, some smoking, some, uh, you know, just cooking meat outdoors on open yeah. flame or indirect heat, whatever. Just cooking meat, grilling meat. What kind of shit do you use tool-wise, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, what kind of temperatures, what kind of tiles, what kind of methods? We'll just sit, we'll just, uh, we'll just cover the bases. And again, not that we're pros, but uh, yeah. I think you and I have discussed cooking meat quite at length before. And I think we both kind of have at least what we do pretty much nailed down. Yeah, no, for sure. I have definitely cooked my fair share of meat um, on different heating apparatus eye well, let's uh, talk about it let's get yeah. into it yeah what do you got what, what's up with cooking meat man what uh what do you what, um, what do you got for us well first off the one thing the greatest piece of knowledge that i ever or have come across whatever the, the, the best piece of knowledge i have found thus far is basically understanding the maillard reaction and what that is is like there's a scientist and uh Oh, let's see. In 1912, it says here, a French chemist named Louis Camille Maillard, he was working on a different a protein experiment uh, and basically figured out, in, in a very simple explanation, the Maillard process is what basically happens to food. If Think of like a marshmallow over a campfire. Um, so Burn the shit out of him every time. Right, right. So that's the Maillard reaction is what that's that's exactly what's happening there. So it it is the the heat breaking down, uh, you know, the, the glucose and the sugars in um, the process of what heat like high heat does to things or, or food. So like it's you know like what I find the most toast. crazy about what you're telling me right now. What is that? Is the fact that we needed a scientist to find this out like people didn't realize that this happened already before that like they had never cooked meat or what uh i mean so you, could, you know even a guy in a cave with some hot rock you figure out like oh if i cook this super fast it's this way and if i if i cook it slow it's this way right true i <laughs> threw you for a loop on that one didn't i <laughs> i mean a little bit but i mean I feel like there's a science to everything you know what I mean? i'm sure there is i'm sure there is but there are actual meat scientists like literally like uh my wife you know she works for a university and um in the college that she works for uh they had an actual meat scientist that like you know it's their job to know all the cuts of meat and and all that jazz but also to understand you know it's the scientific myard reaction and how to explain it and what all that yeah. means no that's uh, a very in depth uh, uh just touching the tip of the iceberg kind of explanation of it i'm not incredibly well versed on it in general i just know basically the the process of grilling meats and why does grilled meat taste the way it does and why does it have that certain thing about it is basically just the mild reaction i got you that's the one thing and so if you understand i guess I don't know, that was one thing i was like oh okay that's cool i get it i get it yeah, yeah, right on, man. So, 
do you like consciously pay attention to this when you're doing your your outdoor cooking? I do. I do. Really? Well, I mean, the look of the texture of the grilled meat for me, obviously the taste, but like the texture of it. Like I like like crispy bits and a, a little charring and a little smoky flavor, you know, that's kind of so yeah, I so really pay attention to me. Like when I sear a steak, I like I'm looking for a real, real solid crust. You know, yeah. you rake you rake your knife across and you hear the little sh -sh -sh -sh. you can you know what I mean. No, yeah, for sure. The sear man. You yeah. You sear on a steak. It is what it is. I feel like your your cooking meat process, I, I would almost put money on it, is more technical than mine. Um I guess maybe so, but I I do what in the during the process I'm thinking of all this shit, but at the same time I'm, I try to keep it as simple as possible. So yeah. So do you prefer grilled meat, a shorter time, higher temp, or do you prefer smoked meat, or does well, it depend on what kind of meat it is? Uh, it does depend. I would say overall for flavor and just the experience, smoked meat at this juncture because I've I've just really dipped my just jumped head first into smoking meat i've been grilling for many many years i, got, I feel my grilling game i feel is on, is on point but my smoking, yeah, smoking game, meat's like new to you right it's like the it, new is, hobby. it is it is um i, I know, know you've I, been I, smoking a lot of meat lately and it looks amazing the, the pictures that i've seen of it so appreciate uh, it you may be new but you know what you're doing for sure <laughs> well i i appreciate it so everybody the, everybody has said man your pulled pork is better than any restaurant I've ever had. And I just kind of followed basic, simple steps. Yeah, you know? no, for sure, man. I love, I love making pulled pork. And I mean, some, some of the pointers you gave me, you've been smoking meat for pointers that you gave me and, and, uh, you know, advice that we talked about. Yeah. No, I've been smoking meat run, quite a bit. I, uh, for me, it depends on the, the meat though, man. Like, right. I've had slow, like slow cooked burgers and then seared. Um, which is probably the opposite of what you're supposed to do, right? Because the sear is to keep the moisture in. But um, I did some slow smoke burgers the other day. Up, and, yeah, I, I just find like burgers straight up on the grill. Yeah, the grill. yeah. Steaks. I I cook my steaks on the grill. I don't slow cook them, but I also eat my steaks almost, you know, still mooing. So what? So well, I guess if you're a rare guy, you're not really a reverse sear kind of guy. Um, so you just throw it on there and like a minute or two each side and then you're you're good yeah like uh well kind of yeah but with uh like a steak i get my grill stupid hot and yeah. i throw it on there sear that flip it over sear that but then there's that i don't well, i don't know what kind of steaks you're eating but over here we eat kc strips a lot um mm -hmm. and they got like uh that that strap of fat along the one edge you know what i mean yeah. i trim some of that off but then i'll take when I'm cooking it, and I'll sear that too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Render that down a little. A little bit, yeah. Get a crust mm -hmm. on it, and then by the time that's over, I mean, I may have to cook it for another minute or two, but normally it's good right there. That's where yeah, I like dude. it. A little salt, little pepper. That's about all I put on it. Dude, that, yeah, mm -hmm. I do salt, pepper, uh, a little garlic powder, and a little shaker, and I just, I'll just shake that on my steaks. Yeah, I mean, dude, I've seen people on TV like smearing barbecue sauce on steaks when they're grilling it. I'm going to tell everybody right now. No okay. Way. If putting barbecue sauce on a steak is right, I'd rather be wrong. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, I, I get people that like to use steak sauce, but I feel like if you have to use steak sauce or prefer steak sauce with your steak, then maybe you've not had a good steak or you're not eating good steak. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, when it comes to steak sauce, I do both. Like some, it depends on if I'm in the mood for it or not, because it's got that really kind of bittery flavor, you know, and sometimes you just want some steak sauce. I get that from like, I used to be a big A1 fan back when I, you know, Oh yeah, A one man. That's that's where it's at. But like Heinz fifty seven. If I like just like if I'm somewhere in, in like the steak or steaks and it's not great or it's just like man, this is not great, I'll get Heinz fifty seven and just do a little of that. And it's like woo. Yeah, there we go. That Make works. it a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more uh, flavorful. For sure. So yeah. you just you're just a sear guy. I'm kind of like a reverse sear guy. I don't even know what that means. I don't think. Uh, so basically. So with my grill, I you, you know I've got that it's the master built gravity series like charcoal. Yeah, grill, the super nice right? one that, that yeah. I want one of. It's, yeah, it's pretty dope. So I'll just put that on like I don't know like two thirty something like that, and I'll take my steak and I'll throw it up in the top rack, and I will let that. Um, I might do like two fifty. But this is dependent on how big the steak is and all that jazz. But either way, I'll put a temperature probe in it and I'll smoke it up to like, I like my medium rare. So I'll probably get, I'll cook it at low temp and let it smoke in there in the smoker uh, up till about 120, 125 maybe. And then I'll pull it off uh, and then crank the grill up to like, 650 or something like that 700 it goes to 700 but i don't, I don't know it just oh, yeah yeah you were telling me about this uh and then so when it gets up there i'll throw it and and get a super super hot you know sear on both sides and then so when when it's done it's like instead of having like a little grayish around ring around it you have like it's like medium rare from all, all the way through and then you have the sear on the outside yeah, that might be all right, but I don't, I don't, I don't really have the ability to do that because what you I can have... do it in an oven too. You can yeah. just put it in an oven and like, it, well, it renders the fat really cool too. I like the way I like the reverse sear because it, like, like you're talking about the strip, um, especially with that, you could that whole strip of fat starts to render, uh, and then when you sear it, like you're talking about, when you stick it on its side and sear it like that, you when you it's I don't know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I just don't know. I don't know if I would be able to do that on what I have because, like with you, you can just crank the heat. I don't have that, so I would have to build like a cool fire, take my steaks off, build a hot fire, get it really hot, and then do it. You know what I mean? You got a little Weber kettle, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could like indirect cook them, but it's. Yeah. It's just not the same as in in the stick smoker that I got, but that's a yeah. lot of work to do in a stick smoker for a couple of steaks. Right? Yeah. You know. I mean, but honestly, it sounds terrific. It man, it's 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 worked out well for me. Well for me. Sometimes, well, in the kitchen, if I'm not grilling, like sometimes it's really cold in the wintertime, I'll just do like a, a cast iron pan and get it really hot and do the kind of the same method, and I'll just use a bunch of butter and then drizzle the butter with a spoon over it while I'm cooking it in the pan. A little rosemary and some thyme or whatever, garlic, you know. Man, I tell you right now, you're eating fancier steaks than me. Uh, well, see, man, like, 
you don't have to get expensive steak. If you just like 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 rosemary and thyme on a steak with a bunch of butter, like you can take a sirloin and cook it in there. It's dope. Yeah, I don't use anything like that, man. I uh, my grilling technique when it comes to steaks is very very primitive. Yeah, I got hot coals. I got meat. You know what I mean. So that's uh, that's just how I've always had steaks. You know, but it might it might be you know where I'm from. You know, I, I have no I have no idea. But that's just how steaks are normally done around here. I've just picked up most of well a hundred percent of the methods that I got from one of two places. I worked at a couple of different restaurants. I've worked at a barbecue joint. Uh, back in the day and i worked at a steakhouse for a little while and i picked up some methods from those places and then you know from uh, some advice from you about smoking meat and then um uh youtube mostly you know going through uh, i've wa- honestly like watching a lot of gordon ramsay's how to cook cook food in general like i uh i do most all the cooking here for the family so i was like man i gotta figure out how to cook tasty food so i just dove in and like i love steak so i just picked up a lot of dope ass methods of cooking steak that i kind of use in my day-to-day practice of cooking and grilling meat what about chicken how do you do chicken um chicken it depends if i'm smoking it or grilling it um with with grilling it it's pretty much the same process um setting up my grill i do with steaks except i use indirect heat on that because I have a real bad habit of burning chicken because I want to make sure it's done because I'm terrified of salmonella, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it always turns out all right. And then if I am smoking it, then it's, you know, 250 on the smoker and it is what it is at that point. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a matter until it hits temp. But, uh, you know, I like a, a little barbecue sauce on my grilled chicken breast. Um, oh, yeah. I don't really do chicken legs very often mainly mainly it's like the skinless breast what about you how, how do you how do you cook chicken man is it you got <clears> some <throat> some herbs and spices you're putting in there or what if i'm doing just straight up og grilled chicken uh i will take let's say four chicken breasts and like a gallon ziploc bag i'll i'll put like i don't know like a cup and a half or so maybe two cups i don't know it just depends something like that of uh Italian dressing. The Olive Garden stuff is really good. I like that. I'll put it in Italian dressing and then I'll just throw some salt and pepper in there and I just whatever spices are I, I'm feeling. Usually I can just you can just go straight with Italian dressing. Um Yeah, I've had that before. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I'll just throw it in the marinate it and then Yeah, exactly. How long do you marinate it for? Uh I don't know. If if sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes if I think about it ahead of time i'll do it the day before and i'll let it sit in the fridge in that for you know until the next day when i want to grill it and then so it's like my chicken breast i like butterfly it open heart shaped and that way it's all real super thin and flat and then i just i'll throw it uh smooth side down first i guess if that makes sense yeah for sure um and then grill it on up yeah so what about like uh I know we talked about this before the um, brats you like boilers and beer and then put them on the grill. Oh, for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I'll do like a, I don't know, like a yingling or some, I don't know. I usually do a cheap beer. A lot of times, like I'll just do like a Miller Lite or a Natty or whatever, light beer, any beer, dark beer kind of tends to give it a little more flavor. So I prefer like a darker beer. 
Yeah, I normally so I've never done it with Guinness, but that sounds like Guinness is good. Idea. Yeah, man, Guinness is really good. But it's just you know Guinness isn't cheap really. So if yeah. you can, if you got to get a Miller Lite, I've had it too, and it's pretty good. What about uh, like how do you set up your your thing for smoking? Uh, I know that we both have watched uh, what's that? Science, uh, Mad Scientist oh. Barbecue. Oh yeah, man, that, that guy can smoke me. Yeah, yeah, he oh, knows exactly yeah. what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, he knows. I mean, you want to talk about the Maillard effect, I guarantee he would know what that was. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he's a legit food scientist. Like, like a, he's got a degree in it. He may be, man. He knows what he's doing for sure. And typically, yeah. before I smoke meat for the first couple of times, if I've never smoked it before, I look up his videos to see how he does it, and then I just follow it along as far as I can with my equipment. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. I've been watching a lot of his brisket videos. I want to. I want to. When the brisket prices go down a little bit, I want to yeah. try to cook a little small brisket and take a shot at it. Oh uh, yeah, man. He he knows what's up with brisket too. For uh, sure. He squeezes that and juice just runs out. I I've done a few briskets, but his turns out way better than mine. Mine turn out pretty good, but they don't uh, retain as much juice as he, his does. He's where I got the idea to do that smoked beef wagyu beef tallow. I still got a bunch of that, by the way. And it is awesome. <laughs> I, I think I saw him do that. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to have to look into doing that. I also had, uh, this is going to be a weird one. Um, I was talking to a woman, and she asked if I ever had smoked cheese. Have you ever had cheese done on a smoker? I have. Well, I've had smoked cheese, but I've never smoked cheese. I, I'm pretty sure you have to smoke it at, at super low temp. like. Yeah. Sub 200, I think, maybe. If you uh, can get She it was point. putting, well, what she suggested was a super low fire. And um, she put like pans, like foil pans with ice in the chamber that it was uh. Uh, cooking in. That way it cooled the chamber down, but the smoke was still going through. Mm -hmm. And then she would just have to change that ice out and make sure that the smoke was still going. Um, but she gave me a little chunk of that to try, and it was super good. Uh, it was some kind of sharp cheddar and. She smoked it with applewood. Yeah. Kind of a weird thing to do on a smoker, but, you know, I saw a smoker and I was just like, oh, hey, I just got a smoker. This is when I first started smoking meat. And uh, she told me all about it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I still haven't to this day, but maybe I will. It's, it's uh, something that I can, I can legitimately go and do right now if I wanted to. I feel like if I tried to smoke cheese right now, I would have to... I would ultimately be cleaning melty cheese out of my grill. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, and dude, I hate cleaning the grill, man. I hate it. It's like my smoker is one of those things where like I, I'll, I'll clean the grates and I'll make sure there's no like standing weird liquid in the bottom of it. But as far as like scraping it out and you see some guys like burn theirs out once in a while, I don't do any of that. Oh yeah. No, no, never, never will. You know, I like that, uh, that thick, like, soot that gets all around the edges and stuff as long as it's not like doing something crazy like falling mm -hmm. on the food you know what i mean but right right as far as i'm concerned man that's seasoning on the smoker you know yeah i i uh after my all of the smokes that i've done and thus far after i'm done i crank my grill up real pretty high and burn off all that fat so that you know a, I don't have to clean all that crap out, and B, I don't get a grease fire next time I try to cook on that some bitch. <laughs> yeah, see, my smoker, I don't have to necessarily worry about a grease fire. Yeah, 
So I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, I just don't. I, I, I like when I open my smoker and it looks like this thing has smoked a shitload of meat. You know yeah, what I mean? It's got that, um, oh, I've done work look to it. <laughs> yeah, well, plus, you know, it helps keep it from, uh, like, rusting and stuff like that. Because, like, my stick yeah. smoker, the firebox, since there's, like, super hot temperatures in there, it's already, like, peeled and, and rusted and stuff like that. So I don't want I don't want that to happen to the main chamber. The smoke box, eh, whatever. But, yeah, you know, it, it it is what it is. Like, I feel like that's just part of the smoker and it should be there. But there you go. I, I don't have the same kind of thing as you, you know what I mean? If you got to worry about fires, yeah, I'd be cleaning it too. Yeah. Well, I'm on like a Facebook group for people that use that Masterbuilt uh, gravity-fed grill or whatever. And I've seen a, so many guys on there talk about a grease fire. And it just got, I mean, and there was a guy actually just, he had some kind of bacon wrap something. And he had his grill full of them. I mean, full of it. And then just the next picture was it was all just black because <laughs> of a grease fire. And I was like, man, that would be a bummer. It was, that yeah. actually happened to me on a gas grill. Really? It yeah, just got I, away from you? I despise gas grills, first of I'm all. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, my wife got me one, and I thought, like, dude, this is going to be badass. Like, I can just go out there and click it on, cook us up a mm -hmm. couple of burgers real quick and be done. Well, after a while using it, there uh, was, no matter how good I cleaned this thing, it just seemed like it got dirty quicker and quicker and quicker, right? So yeah. I would take everything apart, and I would clean it all, and I mean... And it, it stayed very clean. Um, but I had some friends over. We wanted to cook like some bacon-wrapped chicken popper things or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they were, I, I had my grill full of them, right? Because there was a lot of us. And I, uh, they, they were taking a long time. So I cranked up the heat just a little bit, not thinking about it. Not thinking about I had, you know, two and a half pounds of bacon on this thing. <laughs> and before I knew it, that thing was up in flames. And I don't know about all gas grills, but my gas grill just had like a little slit in the back for airflow. You couldn't open or close it. It was made so that this thing had airflow. So I couldn't even put the, the, the fire out. I just had to like turn the gas off and wait and hope it didn't burn down. Wow. It was super sketchy. Uh, the neighbors were all looking out their windows at me like I was nuts. What's the I'm city like, doing over here, bro? Yeah. Like, what do you want me to do? Spray it with the water hose? You know, like, that's not something you do with a grease fire, right? So right. Uh, I just kind of hung out, and it lasted for about 15 minutes, just burning this thing to pieces. And it got so hot that the thermometer built into the thing wouldn't come back down from being pegged out. <laughs> he just straight broke it. Yeah, dude, it was. I never used that thing again after that. I got rid of it um, and went back to charcoal. Uh, so, if you're looking to get into grills, you you might want to take that into account. Are you going to cook two and a half pounds of bacon for a bunch of people? If you do, yeah. do it indirectly. Don't put that shit over the fire. I have a pretty rowdy uh, grilling nightmare story. So this was a long time ago, and it was this was not my grill. This was uh, a roommate and I uh, were cooking. I think I was either steaks or some burgers on just like a little one of those little round, cheap little Walmart grills that's just super flimsy. The little twenty dollars oh, grills. Yeah, I've um, used quite a few of those to take with me to places. I know exactly what you're talking. Oh about. yeah. So uh, this one had been sitting outside for a while, and uh, so I mean. 
probably halfway through cooking. I mean, the grill. I mean, the grill had been fired up. Food was cooking. Things were going down. We were standing around drinking beer, dude. Out of nowhere, the entire bottom of this grill falls out, and just. Yeah. I mean, it jumps on the ground. The grill falls apart, like kind of caves in on itself. The food falls on the ground. Like the whole thing, like like it basically just falls apart because the bottom, I guess the all that, the heat, and it just it just gave way. And it was just like this giant fire on the ground with all this meat laying everywhere. We were just looking around like, what in the shit? Yeah, I bet that got everybody's attention. Oh, quick, fast, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was like the hot. Holes flying everywhere, dude. <laughs> it was rowdy. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anything like that happen. No, it was crazy. I wish that, that's one of those things. It's like you hear a story and you're like, man, I really wish I could have saw that. I wish I could have uh, saw that. Well, so the like the ash and the the embers that flew up in the air it was like whoo, it was like a big cloud wall of embers because you know it was they were white hot. You know, uh, that was the craziest thing. It's like just the cloud of ash dust and embers that just was like a just giant mushroom cloud or whatever <laughs> yeah that's hilarious could you imagine like being camping and seeing like that happen to your neighbor camper you know oh, and just seeing it happen you'd be yeah. like what the hell are they doing over there <laughs> we didn't got the water hose and just sprayed the piss out of it i think that's we went got mcdonald's or some shit we said fuck it <laughs> yeah i mean what else are you gonna do take uh, the meat off the ground Oh, it was a wrap, guys. Yeah, dude. I've even been out in the middle of nowhere doing weird stuff. Like, uh, like we went, I remember one time we went four-wheeling, right? I don't even know who we were with. This was when I was a, a youngster. Um, but we was like, you know what? Let's just hang out here for a while, and we'll go get some groceries and come back, and we'll just, like, build a fire. Right. Uh, there, there's, like, no fire pit or anything. We were, like, at a it was almost like an abandoned gravel pit and we were just running this four wheeler everywhere on this thing. And, uh, so we just kind of like, like hung out next to this little area that we were kind of grouped up at and built a fire. They brought back some meat and dude, we didn't have anything. So we were literally like spreading the coals on the ground and then just putting the meat on top. Um, Eggman style, bro. Yeah, it was, it was super weird. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to turn out that well, but, you know, everybody had been drinking and, and things were happening. Like I said, is when I was a youngster and <laughs> people ate it, man. I mean, they were eating pork steaks that had, you know, a half a chunk of ash just like hanging off of it. It was, it was nuts, <laughs> but it, I mean, we made it work. Yeah. I've never cooked anything directly on coals like that. I can recall. I mean, I don't suggest it. Yeah. But you know, it gives it a real old school flavor to it yeah it's <laughs> i i don't see i don't suggest it at all it's um i i definitely have a better palate these days um i'm not in a gravel pit trying to eat some meat i'm hanging out at, at home so i'll uh i'll continue to use the grill and smoker nice nice yeah so what else you got about cooking meat that you wanted to talk about man um i don't know do you have any like Handy tools, equipment, little gadgets, gizmos that make your smoking and grilling experience a little better or easier? Oh, for sure, dude. Um, for one, I would say it makes it better, not easier. But I don't use lighter fluid, even if I'm grilling. Oh, I have yeah. a charcoal chimney. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, you got to get that thing running, and mine's a big one, so it takes a good 20 minutes to actually get the charcoals going. But when they when they go, they are super um, super ready. You know, they're like everything's hot. It's all uniform. Mm-hmm. You're not waiting for it to just like light up. Um, so that makes it better. Other than that, man, uh, like I don't want to be handed a regular pair of kitchen tongs or spatula. Like I need a long grilling long tool. Yeah. Man, your knuckles can get hot if if you're over there trying to sear something over some charcoals with a mm-hmm. a normal pair of tongs. So I would say that uh, as far as tools goes, I just want to have long tools made out yeah. of metal and mm-hmm. wood. Um, yeah. Other than that, man, really all I use is a uh, a probe for when I'm smoking meat, but it's the double probe. So I have this little sensor I can carry around wherever I'm at the house, and it shows me my temperature in the chamber and in the meat. Yeah, yeah. My girl has like a it has an app that you can download and it'll through Bluetooth you can read whatever temperature the grill's at and the meat probes are and adjust it on the fly, which is kind of cool. But yeah, uh, that would be you, cool. I can do that. Do you ever use like uh like the you know meat probe temperature deals? You know what I'm talking about? When I'm smoking meat, I I do, but like the I'm, digital thermometer, like an Insta read temp checker. Uh, yeah, uh, I have one that I use when I'm smoking. Oh, so, yeah, like that way when it's done, I can, I basically just double check in different parts of the meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess th- that would fall into that too. So technically, I guess I have three probes. Word. But um, you know, they're all very functional. You gotta if you want your meat to turn out really well. I suggest knowing your temperatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's for me. That's what helped at highly elevate my grilling and co- cooking in general game. So I like, I keep one of those little instant read thermometers handy. Yeah, no, it's really yeah. good to know because some people will like start smoking meat, um, like I did, and I was like, okay, well, what's the safe internal temperature on? Because I'm going to make you know some pulled pork. Right. And the temperature in which is the safe internal temperature and the temperature in which you actually want to smoke a pulled pork, at least what I do, um, is completely different. So, you know, like I, I can't remember what the safe what the safe internal temperature is of pork, but it's like between a hundred and what, forty five and hundred and sixty five, something like that. That's exactly right. Medium rare is one forty five, well done is one sixty. Ground is all ground meat needs to be at least one sixty. Yeah, I believe it's 165 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Regardless, you know, you throw this pork on there and you wouldn't really know that when you smoke this thing, like I smoke mine until the internal temperature is, sit- is sitting at like right at 203. Yeah. Um, That's where I got, that. I, I believe that's uh, something the mad scientist barbecue guy said. And it, at a low temperature, smoking it that long um, is actually what, allows the uh like the fat cap on top to caramelize and melt and and become that jelly you were talking about if you know otherwise it's going to be super tough you're not going to have pulled pork you're going to have sliced pork you're breaking down that collagen yeah exactly (laughs) you know so stuff like that you know temperatures are super important so i have three probes you know i want to know all three temperatures nice nice are you like, do you carry like a little rag or are you like a paper towel guy or do you, you don't rock? No, you surely you're not an apron guy. You don't seem like an apron. You don't, you don't, you couldn't see me in a nice ribbony 
fluffy apron. That'd be you sweet. Kiss the chef apron. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't, dude. I don't rock nothing, man. Like I said, I'm I'm a real primitive dude when it comes to doing my outside cooking. So, like, I mean, I guess if 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 I needed a towel, I would just come back later with one after at the cleanup part. You know, gotcha. um, I really don't carry anything. Um, a lot of guys will like have a spray bottle just in case shit flames up. No, I don't use that. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't usually. Yeah, there's other ways to put the fire out than yeah. than spray my grill with water. That's just gonna make the the ash kind of like pop up and then go over. Everything. Nah, I'm good on that. Or what kind of what kind of gear do you rock? Um, yeah, well, so I'll do the Insta read. Um, I like when I'm doing the smoking thing. I got some uh, like latex gloves. And I got these like other, they're not like wool gloves, but they're like kind of thin cloth gloves. And then I'll put the latex on top of them so I can like move the pork butts around or the ribs or whatever the hell it is, you know, so that shit gets hot. <laughs> that helps me out quite a bit. So I don't have to yeah. rely on tongs and shit. Sometimes it like punctures the meat a little bit every now and then, especially yeah, if it's I closer mean, to being yeah. done. Yeah. Sometimes Especially I just man like up and just apart, grab I mean. it. <laughs> yeah. And what about uh, rubber gloves, man? Do you rock uh, rubber gloves? I know the the mad scientist barbecue guy we keep mentioning. He yeah. puts on like some some cotton gloves and then puts rubber gloves on top of those. I don't necessarily do that, but I do normally prefer to have like a pair of rubber gloves on when I'm messing. Yeah, with I do that. I got some of those. Some of those they're like thicker. Uh, these are like, I guess, like mechanics kind of. They've got little grippies on them, like the palms. Yeah, on yeah. Them. The mechanics gloves. Yeah, I just like double layer them up for the heat. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else you What else you rock over there in your little arsenal? Well, for me, man, honestly, like it's keeping yourself out of the sun. And one pro tip: I, if you are near somewhere that has an outlet, if you're grilling by an outlet, and you have the ability to have a fan set up like especially if we're doing like like high temp like short time grilling like grilling grilling open flame grilling um a fan facing your back towards the grill when you because the worst thing for me about grilling is a smelling like a chimney and uh, <laughs> the smoke getting in my eyes man it tears my, my eyes are so sensitive to it they get i get jacked yeah. up with the smoke so like when me, you uh, open it up and you get choked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the fan right behind me, it doesn't even have to be on super high, but you just have a fan blowing behind you. And when you open the grill, it like blows the smoke out of your way so you can see into the grill and you don't have enough fan the smoke away or it's not blowing in your face. It's just a little, I don't know. It has been a super quality of life improvement for my yeah, I don't, uh, I don't. I don't do that either, man. Um, but then again, I don't have a fan to put out there where I, where I grill. I don't even know yeah. if I have an outlet, um, to be honest with you, but I mean, that's definitely, a, a game changer for sure. I don't like the fact that when you smoke meat all day and you're over a firebox, like I am, um, because of the kind of smoker that I have, I, uh, smell just like the food basically. So oh, yeah. Every, yeah. when you go to, when you go to eat it, yeah, it tastes great, but I bet it doesn't taste to you like it does to everybody else because you've been right. breathing in that same smell all day. You dude. So usually sometimes, well, a lot of times after I've been over the grill, like by the time it's time to eat it, 
I am like, oh, I'm just, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> oh no, I don't, I, I don't turn down the food, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be like, Sometimes. no, I'm good. Yeah, no, never. I'm, I'm good on that. I just I'll just wait a little bit. Oh. Or sometimes I'll eat it like as I'm going. I'll grab my little bits or I'll cook like a little something on the side or, or whatever. I got you. What, uh, about, yes. uh, what about sides, dude? Like what's your favorite side? Are you a potato salad guy? Uh, Yeah, I love a good mustard-based potato salad. For sure. Girls like pasta salad quite a bit. That's a big I thing. like pasta salad too. I don't think I've ever met a salad that I didn't like. Yeah. So... I mean, there's that, but um, uh, baked beans. You bake, oh, baked yeah. beans? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever done baked beans on your smoker? I have not. I have not. There's that's one yeah, thing I want to try, and like, uh, like smoked chili, where you take like a ball, the ball of the ground meat that you want to make, and make it into a ball, sit it on your top rack, and then put the like I guess a Dutch oven or a whatever pan of your chili, all sorted out with the beans and the seasonings under it and let the the meat smoke and then kind of drip into the chili pan and then when it's done kind of mix it all in there together and have smoked chili i've never heard of that but that sounds amazing too i'm right (laughs) i'm definitely gonna try that um all right all right you got anything else you want to tell everybody about smoking meat and the adventures of your grill if you like cooking if you are like, man, I want to get into grilling or I want to up my grilling game or I don't think I could do it. Grilling seems complicated, but once you nail down the basic tenets of it through a little bit of trial and error, I, I think I think everybody should do it. If you're interested in cooking your own food at all or if you're already grilling, hopefully we've inspired you or whatever to uh, fire that thing up. Yeah, you can't go wrong. So, like, even if the, I mean, you can. I mean, you can burn some things down, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, even if you think you messed something up and, like, oh, this is going to be, you know, shit compared to what I think I could have done, it's still going to taste amazing because it was cooked on a grill. Yeah. Yeah. Even shitty meat is better <laughs> cooked on a grill than in a pan all day, every day. For sure, man. I completely agree with that. So, uh, so you got anything else? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we could go on about all kind of different charcoals and and stuff, but really, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Uh, At the end of the day, just kind of use what works for you, man. I think I think a lot of grilling in itself is kind of trial and error. I mean, we can sit here and say, "This is what we do. This is what I do," and you know, learn your grill. That's probably like that's learn learn your grill, how it works. You know, what it's the characteristics of it before you can get good or make really good food on a grill. Like you got to kind of get, I understand how your grill works as it were. I know it probably sounds like common sense, but they're all different. They're all going to have different airflow, keep different temperatures. Yeah. That's important. All right. All right. Well, uh, I got something that I think is going to be fun, uh, planned for next time on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I want to talk about uh, different tribes of the world and tri- oh. like tribes that haven't evolved as quickly, I guess, as as the rest of the world. You mean like Aborigines um, and uh, all kinds of different tribes, man. I've like the Amish. Watched, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about the Amish, but the 
I, I have seen a whole bunch of documentaries on different tribes that people have visited, and some of them, I mean, sure, they, they talk to people, but some of them don't, man. So we're going to talk about that next week. I'm down. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, something, you know, educational, but kind of, you know, like very interesting. I'll do a little research. Yeah, do, you, do your research, Mr. Fact, fact Guy. <laughs> so, uh, all right then. Well, you've been listening to It's a Vague World with Rob and, and Jason. And we'll see you next week. Later. Adios. Adios.